Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through the book of Galatians, and we're up to chapter 5, verses 1 through 15, that we're, we've been looking in kind of bit by bit piecemeal sections to see how Paul develops his argument here. And today we're going to look at the last three verses of this section, 513 through 515. But first let me read this whole section, chapter 5, verses 1 through 15, uh, and then I'll pray for us, and then we'll jump right in. So this is what Paul says in Galatians chapter 5. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little lemon leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Most gracious fathers, we look at this section of your holy word. I ask that you would add your blessing to this reading of your word, that you would strengthen us by your word that indeed we might live as those who are free, but not take advantage of that, but rather in our freedom, serve you and serve your people. We ask this in Christ's most precious name. Amen. Well, as we've pointed out before, verse 13 and verse 1 of this section of Galatians kind of set up this uh, if you want to be fancy and call it an inclusio or something like that, that's fine. But it sets up this section of Galatians by bracketing it with these two statements about the freedom that we have in Christ. Chapter 5, verse 1, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. There in that statement, we're being told that we're free from trying to justify ourselves by our law-keeping. And Paul is wanting the Galatians to stand firm in that reality and not submit again to this yoke of slavery, not submit again to the law. Verse 13, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Here is kind of the other side of the coin. You, you were called to freedom. Paul isn't reneging on that reality. He's, he's not pulling back from that. He's, he's staying true to that point. You were called to freedom. 
However, he wants the Galatians to know, and here he begins to develop this, this point, that being called to freedom doesn't mean that we're free to sin. Yes, we are, we are free from the condemnation of the law. Yes, we are free from that slavery that condemned us. We're free from trying to, to perform. We're free from, from having to prove our righteousness. We're free from all of that completely. And when Paul turns to make this ethical point here, he's not putting the law back on the table for our justification. By no stretch of the imagination is that what he's doing. Rather, he's reminding us that freedom is freedom from the law for justification. It's not freedom from a life that honors God. It's that simple. Now, we, we've got to be clear here. While on the one hand, it's not freedom from a life that honors God, Paul is not saying, if you don't get it all right, then God won't love you. If you don't get it all right, then God won't accept you. That is not what Paul is saying. But by being freed from the law, we're also freed from sin. He develops this more in other places that we're free from the law of sin and death. So sin is no longer the controlling principle in our life. Rather, Christ is. You were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. That doesn't mean go do whatever you want. Rather, he says, through love, serve one another. Remember what he said earlier in this same section. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. That's what matters. It's not our law keeping or our lack thereof, but faith working through love. We talked about how he was setting up what he was going to say down here. And here he says it. Through love, serve one another. That's what the Christian life, as far as the ethics of the Christian life, that's what it's all about. Serving one another. The word there, duleo, is, is really, you could translate it, be servants to one another or be slaves to one another. So don't just serve yourself. You're no longer a slave to the law. You've been freed from that. Paul regularly, though, calls himself a slave to Christ. Here he tells us to, to serve or, or live as slaves to one another in love. That's what we're called to. See, part of our freedom, yes, it's freedom from the law, and that's the, the major point that Paul is making here. But part of our freedom also, what, what that freedom comes with, is if I no longer have to perform, if I no longer have to get it all right, if I no longer have to convince God to love me, if I no longer have to kind of prove my case, then I suddenly am free to dive into serving other people because I'm not just looking out for me. I'm not just trying to make my case of why I'm acceptable because Christ has made that for me. The case has been made. The judge has been convinced. 
I've been fully pardoned. And so I no longer have to worry about me. I don't have to be the controlling principle anymore. Christ is. And because of that, there's a freedom to give myself away rather than trying to constantly justify myself. Because here's the reality. We can't love people and be trying to justify ourselves. Psychologically, we just, we just never can pull that off. Because as soon as we do that, we start asking the kinds of questions that Jesus got asked. Why is he eating with tax collectors and sinners? Why, why is he hanging out with those people? That's not the kind of person a good Christian person hangs out with. See, we can't love other sinners, which we all are, if we're still trying to justify ourselves. Because what we'll end up doing inevitably is distancing ourselves from them so that their dirt doesn't get on us. Paul then dives back into the Old Testament for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus gave us these two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two laws depend all, or these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets, he tells us. Here Paul points to loving our neighbor as ourself. He said, This is what the what the law is trying to get you to do. It's not trying to get you to justify yourself. It's trying to remind you that this is the life you were actually created for. This is what God created you to do. He goes back here to Leviticus 19.18. The freedom that we have is a freedom from justification. It's a freedom from the law for our justification. It doesn't mean there's no such thing as a Christian life. In 1 Peter 2, he says in basically the same thing. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Jude 4, for certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus. 1 Corinthians 9.19, For though I am free from all, Paul says, talking about his ministry, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win some of them. See, Paul sees this as what we're actually to be doing. And, and it's what faith will lead to. Now, the temptation for us and the trap that we fall into constantly is, oh, well, then I'll, I'll love people in order to have faith. It just doesn't work that way. If we're not grounded in faith in Christ, we won't be able to truly love each other. So he gives this warning in verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. See, that's the other side, isn't it? When we're trying to justify ourselves, we're constantly attacking each other. We're constantly coming at each other. We're constantly calling each other names. We're constantly spreading rumors about each other. We're, we're, all of that is what comes from our attempts at self-justification. And he says, you'll destroy each other. You'll consume one another. And so he warns us away from that behavior. What he's doing here is once again, without saying it, calling us back to freedom. 
calling us back to the freedom of the gospel, calling us back to life in Christ. Might we rest there. Amen. Thank you.